Welcome to the Let's Take a Journey podcast. Where life's an endless expedition. And happiness is the journey. I'm Nay. And I'm Kaz. And on this podcast, we'll be talking about life and embracing the detours. Don't forget to follow our Facebook page at SmithHQ. Now let's take a journey. Hey, y'all. What's good? We back again with another podcast. We doing a podcast thing. And if y'all hear the audio, it sound good, sound better. But yeah, y'all. So we got a setup. I'm going to talk a little bit about our week because y'all don't understand this was a super long week so this whole week y'all nothing but school if y'all know y'all know it's been stressful my anxiety has been on a hundred but it's almost open i'm so happy as you can hear we also got all the mics and everything like that for the podcast so we're no longer recording like in separate rooms we're actually in the room together yes sir so let us know what you think in the reviews as well as of course rate and you know subscribe i mean why wouldn't you want to and don't forget to review like Perfect. it's there let us know <laughs> so y'all we about to get into it today topic is cancer broke us up y'all ready i mean <laughs> <laughs> and i'm gonna let y'all know i'll be airing myself out a little bit i ain't got no shame so babe you ready yeah i mean we've been asked about this already it's crazy so. yeah we talked about it a little bit and you know, the last podcast, we like briefly spoke about it, but we're going to mm-hmm. go into deeper depth as well as I'm going to ask a few questions that I have not, you know, asked them, to be honest. I'm being straight up like I have not really talked about this often, <laughs> so it's not something that I talked about. So there is a few questions that I do want to ask. So we're going to get started. So, so from that time, what was going on through your head? When you found out you had cancer first. The first thing that went through my mind when hearing it, that day I went to the hospital because I have very bad migraines and stuff. And with the addition to PTSD, which we'll go in detail to talk about that in a later podcast, the doctor had did like a a CT scan of my stomach because at that point my stomach felt like it was on fire. Like it felt like the inside of me was burning its way out and I had no idea why it was an excruciating feeling to them be like, Oh, well, it's just bad gas or anything like that. No, you, you are, you're stage two in gastric cancer and you have a tumor in your stomach that we can remove, but we'll have to deal with chemo. And I was just like, so this is a real thing. Who would have thought that I myself like living, trying to avoid sickness to get something that can kill me after going through life experience. So at that point it went to my mind went completely numb. Like, okay, nah, this is not real. I'm just going to follow what this doctor said, go home, take a nap, you know, act, act normal. But then it didn't set in for like a week. It rattles me a little bit thinking about it. But after a week, that's when it set in just like an impending doom feeling. Okay. So this could kill me. And I'm sitting in the life predicting I am at this this point, and I'm just gonna I, I'm just gonna die, or have a possibility of dying. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to say talk to anybody. I think at that point, that's when it just went directly into depression. At that point, understandable. So, how did it feel by the time I came into picture? Did it change a lot of your mindset? Because I know, like, you were at a point where you're just like, man, it is what it is. I don't really care. When I came into the picture, did it change? Did it give you more motivation or did it change your mindset on 
you being there or did it scare you more? I would say personally at that time I accepted it kind of, but not in the way it's like I'm going to beat it, but as in, all right, if it kills me, at least I'm going to go out, you know, doing something I love to do. And that's when I got back to streaming again. So at that point, when you came in, I was not good. I was not in a good state of mind whatsoever, but I was coping with the whole thought of it. Just go to chemo, come back, stream, have your fun, talk your shit, get off, go to bed. But then by you coming in, it made it more enjoyable, but it did scare me. The fact it's like, okay, what if we get too far or like we grow so close that I don't make it. Now I get like, I'm being taken from this plane, this world, not knowing the what if, and could it be, you know, you having to live with the exact same feeling of, okay, came into my life and just poof. Yeah. So let's detour a little bit from like the sad. (laughs) I'm about to cry, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. But let's talk a little bit about when we did get together, all the dating and everything. I don't want y'all to make it seem like it was just really sad. Bad, bad. It wasn't. Now, was there a lot of rough times? Of course. Was it a lot of arguments and stuff like that? Of course, because at the end of the day, we were young. I did just get out of a serious relationship recently at that time. So it was like I was still scared. But at the same time, I knew what I wanted. But I went in saying, oh, you know, it's okay. I know he has cancer, but he's not going to die on me. He's not going to leave me. And I never been with anybody who had cancer or anything like that, but I could do this. Yeah. Like I legit believe like I could do it. But on my point of view, it was genuinely really, really hard because having to see him, the person that I was in love with in pain, I literally couldn't do anything. And then at the same time, I'm like, I want to do stuff. So like, you know, make him feel like he's not just trapped in his house. He's not like scared that he's just going to, pass on me or whatever so i'm like okay let's go somewhere but then nine times out of ten he doesn't feel good or he's throwing up or something like that so it It made it made dating like going out on dates physically really really hard because i know that time that we went to go get pho his favorite place (laughs) and i don't think that was our first date that wasn't our first but it was like a date i don't know what like time it was it was within the mixture literally (laughs) so many but i guess that particular day his cancer was like really like i don't care what you got going on i'm gonna do what i want to do so literally after he had his phone he was like "Uh, i don't feel good and then he disappeared and all of it just came back up and i was just like oh no and then with me it like shifted my mood that's always what happens and i know it sounds really bad but it's like i don't like seeing him be sick i also don't like vomit in general so it kind of just made me like my god he threw up like now we just came here for no reason like of course i had attitude that's so sad and i like i shouldn't have because at the end days you know something he's been through but i'm not gonna lie i did have an attitude so at that time that also made us fight and made us argue and stuff like that so dating we had some really amazing times but then at the same time when cancer ended up messing with the dates then we had some really bad times that also interfered with me. So you got anything to say about it? I mean, it exactly as you said, because in the exact same way for me, I couldn't do anything. And every single time I try to enjoy 
some type of meal. Like I couldn't eat anything heavy. And every single time I tried, like I will force myself to do that, knowing that it will just turn around and be like, okay, this is all going straight down the toilet. My body said, what? Nah, we don't want none of that. We can barely keep water down at this point. It was so bad that I resorted to like boost naked juice. If you ever had that and seen that in stores and stuff, that was the only thing I would have. Like body armor. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if it wasn't that, a lot of the enjoyment was taken away by stuff like that. Like, you know, either vomiting out the food or not being at a physical strength to actually physically do things. Like it took everything out of me legitimate legitimately just trying my hardest just to keep it together like the best thing i could do for myself is try to live even though my body like i could feel my body just breaking down on me just like hey why are you standing why aren't you sitting matter of fact just lay down go to sleep sleep for 16 hours a day and then spend the other time just like okay i'm up well let me just stream until i get tired oh i'm tired i'll see i want to wake back up so what was a day-to-day life for you when I wasn't there? Because with me being in school as well as, you know, working and stuff like that, I only saw him on the weekend. And it wasn't even like every weekend. It was like I tried to get do every weekend. But like we said in the last episode with his car being broken and then me only having a car. But at the same time, the distance was horrendous, like an hour oh, yeah. and a half. Like it was a lot having to get over there. I would have to sleep over, of course, and not saying that's a problem or anything, but it was like we would actually have to plan that out and Mm -hmm. make sure, like, we were able to have that time together because at the end of the day, he wasn't, you know, that was his house, but he wasn't alone. So (laughs) I had to also deal with people being in the house. So it's not like we all, we had, like, alone time. We never had alone time. No, not not then. (laughs) So that was kind of also a struggle as well. So. When I wasn't around, what was your day-to-day life outside of, of course, um, streaming and stuff? like? A nurse at the the facility that I went to, the um, VA facility to get my chemo and stuff, she would pick me up at, like, I think, like, 7.45 and drive me all the way there. And I usually stay there, go through radiation for about, about three to four hours. And whenever that time ends or whoever runs it for that amount of time, all right, I'll take you home. At that point, just be like, okay, I'm going to stream. If I'm not too tired, but damn near 10 out of 10 of the time, I was drained as fuck. Like, if, you, if you're somebody that has had cancer and went through chemo, you understand what I mean by having no energy for anything. You just want to just take your medication and go to sleep. And if not that, just go straight to sleep. Sleeping for about maybe like five to six hours and then I get up and stream throughout the night. And that's when usually I'd be streaming to like four or five in the morning and I just pass out and like, okay, I'm just going to get up two hours just to go to chemo, get drained again. I'm just going to go home and sleep it. Cause that's usually what I do as soon as I get home, sleep, stream at night. So would you say that the, that there was a pattern that, that you noticed like when you had energy and when you didn't, or did it like, vary throughout the days and weeks and even when i came around like a surge like where i have the energy to actually do something to actually move yeah yeah because at that point that's literally like when i'm sleeping i'm a very vivid dreamer when when it comes to stuff like that so like while i'm sleeping if i'm dreaming about certain type of a certain action or playing a certain game or doing certain things you whatever i have a burst of energy to do that exactly when i wake up so it's like I have the energy to get up out the bed, sit down in the chair, 
and start doing it. But at that point, it's back to square one. I mean, I'm not moving, so I'm not exerting so much energy, but then it's still energy consuming to play a game. So at that point, it's just like, all right, let me get to the bed. I just like turn a chair and then just like flop to the bed. Cause you know, like where that, the bed was set up, like all I had to do is turn the chair and just go to the side of the bed. So it was, it was something that helped me to get the energy to stream. But like, say if it was a day that I had the energy to get up and get into the chair and try to try to stream, it would have been like, okay, the stream's not working. It's not connecting. I'm going back to bed. Like I was hoping just to be able to press the button and get into it. Get into it. So we're going to get into <laughs> what y'all been waiting for to hear. Oh my but, God. <laughs> but I do have a question. Well, one of the questions that leads into that. Why did you give me the house key as a proposal? And what was going through your head when you gave it to me? Okay. For my the apartment, the townhome I had, I gave her a a copy of my key so she can be able to get in as a proposal. Now, the reason for that was, number one, I consider that being like a sacred thing, to, like a sacred treasure to me. Like, even if it's not, it's like, okay, this is one thing I have. I don't know if I'm going to live I don't know if I'm going to pass on to this world, but I want to at least give you something that you know that belonged to me at this time. And something that is like a signal of, hey, you're always welcome here. You're always welcome around me. You have control of this castle to run with me, you know, like not to sound corny and stuff like that. But <laughs> in, in the exact same aspect, like I didn't just want to, you know, hey, I can't give you a ring. I don't want to be that guy trying to be like, I can't afford this. Like I couldn't. There's no shame in that because how would I have the money to pay for a ring when I'm barely paying for my medication to stay alive? You know, at that point, it's just, oh, well, you should have just spent the money and got a ring. Yeah. And that that round of chemo that I needed that I didn't pay for could have been a death of me. So, I mean, it all worked out in the end, though, because come full circle, I still was able to get that ring, boy. <laughs> let me tell you. Yes, sir. And that leaves... <laughs> You know, me. Why didn't I take the key? Yeah, well, why didn't you take that key? <laughs> I mean, we spoke about it in the last episode. I'm a butthole. I can literally not explain why, if I'm being honest with y'all. I can <laughs> honestly say I was scared. Like, I was generally scared, but at the same time, I also had, like, people in my head. On top of that, as y'all all know, when you think about getting proposed to, you're like, I need a ring. He got to be on his knees. We got to gotta be a cute setting da, 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 all that extra stuff right that's what i'm mind... all that i'm sick i, was I sick know and that's, God, look. and that's the thing <laughs> Let me tell you. that's where my head should have gone like he is sick where he gonna go like where where he gonna take you and then he is sick he gotta pay like he said gotta pay for all those his treatments and then the medicine everything that did not register in my mind at the time like i said in the last episode that dunasia is not this dunasia like i literally did not care like i should have I did not care about him. Not saying I did not love him. I did love him. But at the same time, it's like I also wanted certain things my way as well. And I'm just like, that's not how you do it. That's not how you pro somebody. I don't know. Okay, I guess I'll take it. And then it's just like, bro, why did I say that? And like, it was just, that's <laughs> like me. That's definitely me airing myself out, y'all. Like, don't do that to somebody, y'all. You do not have to have a ring you can have a ring pop as a proposal and having these disney movies taught y'all like i seen somebody <laughs> propose with a, a lug nut <laughs> oh, yeah. like, I, that. I don't know what movie that was but i remember that yeah y'all do not have to have a ring at that time i wish somebody told me that 
But literally, when I explained it to my friends at the time, and I explained it to my mom, everybody was like, no, that's move too fast. And no, don't do that, or whatever. Now, of course, now my mom truly loves him. But at that time, with me, like I said, just getting out of a relationship a couple of months, almost a year, they thought I was literally just jumping into everything. So they were like, no, that's not how you propose, propose to you. And then at the same time, no, I don't um, think y'all should be together because you don't even know if he's mm. still going to be here. And that's when all of it came into, okay, what if you end up pregnant and you're a single mom? And I was truly, truly scared. It was like my fear overcame what I really wanted. And I really, truly wanted to still be in the relationship. I really, truly wanted to still be with him. But it's whatever was in my mindset that day that I sent that super extra long text for no apparent reason. I don't know. Like, I can't even think that. I do not even remember what I said. And I know it was long because I always text extra long for no apparent reason. But I know the text, like, was, like, literally paragraphs on paragraphs. And he kept it. But I have not looked at it because it's like, why would I want to look at something where I literally broke his heart? But can I say I said, like, mean things? I don't think I was, like, mean. I, I don't want to be a But I think you... I was, like, trying to. The the, the text was very nicely. long, but if it makes you feel better, it did break my heart, but it took a few days because my dyslexic ass, it took me a while <laughs> to read that shit. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. I was looking back. I was like, I'm going to read. I'm going to thug it out for this paragraph, and I'll do the next one tomorrow. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so, like you said, it was a very long text, and I know what y'all thinking. No, you didn't just break up with this man. He got cancer in the text. I know. Okay. Say it in the reviews. All comment right now. Say it. You can say whatever you want. I give you full on permission. Okay. Because I talked about myself so much. It's nothing y'all can say that's going to literally, that I haven't already said to myself. But I get it. But at that time, how old was I? Like 20? I think we were 22? like 22, 23. Yeah. And now I'm about to be 27. Like, I. I was mature for my age, but at the same time, the last serious relationship I was in was my ex. Well, I wasn't like dating like crazy and all this other stuff. Like I legit only been with two people physically and he is one of them. So it's like I legit was like, I don't want to say naive, but I was like young minded still when it came to loving someone and like physically knowing like, you know, till death do us part, even if you're not married. Like, if you're serious and you see yourself marrying him, why did you just do that? But it's like literally something in me was like truly scared and was like, I feel like he's going to leave you. Like, I feel like you're he's going to pass and you're going to be super sad, you know? And like, I didn't know what would have broken my heart more. Literally taking that step and like breaking up with him or if he was to pass and we would have been together and like about to talk about getting married and stuff like that. And he would have left me like, I generally don't know what I would have been able to handle more, if that makes sense. But does it give me the right of what I did? No, of course not. That it was we... mean. <laughs> <laughs> How you but be like, that was mean. <laughs> it, was, it was more than mean. It was some asshole-ish, okay? <laughs> it was very disrespectful. But I truly, to the bottom of my heart, regret every single thing. And no, I'm not reading the text. No, I don't even want to read it. I don't even want to remember what I said, okay? Nobody got to bring all that back up. 
Okay. If you really want to see the text. <laughs> Y'all better spam them stop. Don't do that. Don't I'm do that. that. <laughs> you know they would, but ooh, yes, they would. Next part is read the text. Read the text. Read the Okay, so how did you feel after everything happened? I know it took you a minute to read the texts and stuff, but I generally want to know because I don't even think you really, we don't really talk about it. Like, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Sometimes when we're walking around the house, we kind of like, he jokes around, be like, when you broke my heart or when you look like, but not. <laughs> and I'll be like, please stop reminding me of that. <laughs> no, then, I don't be being this serious, guys. I just be literally. Yeah. It's not like in a, in a disrespectful way, but it's more so just saying like, we almost was not together type of thing, which I completely understand. So I had never truly asked you like legit what was going through your head and what did you do? After that, I know, like, you blocked me and everything else, but, you know, just from that point on, you know, once everything happened, we didn't talk. No, none of that. Yeah, so we went nine months of just nothing. Like, I didn't see him and anything, like, anything like that. So, right after that, after finishing the text, I was like, you know what? This is a bummer, but I can't be bummed out. What I mean by that is... Instead of me getting down depressed, I was like, I'm already practically knocking at death's door. Why would I spend the rest of my time on earth whining, crying, being sad and depressed about losing a relationship that was the possibility of being lost either way if I die? You know, instead of me trying to sit there and fight that fact, I need to continue trying to make myself happy. And I went back to streaming like I severely hated it. But the exact same time, I had to come to terms with myself with that. It's like. You can love her all you want. You can miss her all you want. But at the end of the day, if you get her back and you die, all that shit that I was doing, being depressed, sitting in the bed and stuff like that, it's, it would have been a completely waste of the last moments of my life instead of spending it trying to smile before I die. You know, that's at that point, it was the only way to cope with everything that was happening. You know, at that point, you seen how much everything was crumbling around me. Like everything I was trying to do is it was a ship, the living, breathing Titanic just sinking and everybody's doing everything to jump ship away from me instead of trying to help me. And it was just like, okay, well, I can just accept the way it is and go out chucking the deuces smile and knowing I'm dying, but you know, I'm at least I'm not going to show pain going, you know, it was hard, but had to come back full circle somehow. So you still like did your chemo and stuff like that? Yeah, I I had at that point. That's when I started to get motivation from the stream community. If those that watch Twitch streamers, let alone Apex, oh, that's when he he did that. Big, yeah, that's um, when Nicewig hosted me. Like that was a big highlight because I got hosted before, but for him it was it was a big one, and it was a heartfelt one. Like to actually like at that moment I was sitting there streaming and. That day specifically, that's when my own doctor said, like, okay, we just got to keep the chemo going. We still don't have no guarantees, but we're still testing. We're still trying to see where you're at. We'll we'll run another test when you come around to see where it's at. So at that point, I was just like, okay, I just lost a relationship that seemed like it could have been everything. My doctor don't know what's going on, and I'm feeling like I'm just slowly getting pulled closer and closer just, just to be into that permanent nap. Like, I literally rewatched that stream so many times looking at myself looking just half dead just after the screen just no hope whatsoever for him like it was a person that jumped into my stream and they asked me about the the checkup because they came into the stream prior when i told him i was going to 
go to the doctor and get my supposed to be getting my results that day and stuff like that. So they came around that following week to hear that story. And as soon as they got it, I guess they went to his chat and told him. And when right when he did that, the the amount of people that came into the chat, the amount of stuff that they were saying, the heartfelt messages, it made me feel like, yo, you might not have people around you that give two shits, but then there's people who understand and will not judge you and actually will motivate you through it. Like for that one moment, I felt every bit of everything within me to live, to actually want to get up the next day to, to keep pushing, to try to try to do something with streaming before I go or whatever the case is, like whatever comes first, whatever comes last just keep going forward. You know, that it was, it was a great experience. Honestly, you can say it was the night in shining armor that stopped me from depression. And I'm thankful for that. <laughs> and yeah, that, that definitely wraps up all the questions and the story. I hope y'all enjoyed. It was definitely a hard story to hear because like I said it's not something that we talk about so a lot of the stuff he said I did not know and yes yes we could say it again I was a butthole I, she was a b-ho I was a b-ho and all the curse words that you could possibly say I get it but <laughs> that name left forever ago this is a whole different name a whole different Danesia like that's not me she's a whole and, mommy <laughs> a whole mommy <laughs> a whole wife happy mommy and happy wife and I can honestly say I thank God for keeping him in my life, bringing him back into my life. And I also would like to thank my husband for giving me that second chance because I would literally, I don't even know what I would have done if he would have been like, nah, girl, get my damn face. You done broke my heart. Like, right? I was scared. <laughs> if I would have did that, we would never have to, the chance to meet KJ. And I think he might be getting up because we're looking at him as a baby monitor. He's just rolling around. Because I we got these headphones in, y'all, and I don't know truly how loud we really are. So he probably like, bro, shut. Can y'all shut up? up? Y'all, <laughs> not, y'all, y'all in the studio? That's like down the hall. I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna close it out right here. But as y'all already know, you gotta stay tuned for the next podcast. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Take a Journey podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you you next Saturday. Saturday.